Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Everyone has an opinion about music. William Shakespeare once wrote, if music be the food of love, play on. Lao Tzu once said, music in the soul can be heard by the universe. The great Satchmo himself, Louis Armstrong, once said, if you have to ask what jazz is, you'll never know. And quite famously, Keith Richards once quipped, We have no idea what he meant, but I'm sure it was terribly important. So after sharing our top albums and taking a deep dive into a couple of our favorite bands, it only seemed fair to give each other some homework. Listen to an album the other idiot assigned and report back. Well, we're here with the results in this. Episode 75, Clearly Canadian, album one-on-one. My name is Todd, and with me, as always, is a person who Wikipedia has described as dashing and handsome, as well as one of the great orators of our time, which only further describes why Wikipedia needs to be taken with a grain of salt. He is the James Drake to my Zach Gibson. Part of the name fits, so we're going to make the gimmick work. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. How are you? I am doing quite well, sir. And yourself? I am well. Don't I sound like I could orate as you described in Wikipedia? Let's be honest. You don't even know what orate means. You th- uh, hold you th- on. You th- I got to go look th- it up. <laughs> you think it's close to irate. It's just a, it's like, oh, that's when you're even more than irate. You're orate, right? No. It's further up the alphabet, right? So it's got to be. I almost uh, spewed <laughs> seltzer water as you said that. It's like in the three amigos. It, oh, if you're uh, infamous, it means that you're more than famous. Ah, <laughs> uh, Yes, indeed. Oh, yes, my gosh. Indeed. Well, before we get too far into the episode here, sir, please, can you name the tag team? Uh, I got no idea. I, I have no idea. I don't okay, know where now, you pulled this from. If this is from <laughs> AEW, this is going to hurt. No, 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 no. This is it's a it's NXT UK. I, I definitely oh, sweet Moses plumb the depths here. However, they were the inaugural NXT UK tag team champions. Ah, so I figured nice. there would be some sort of connection there that you would know. No, it would be on your not. radar somewhere. They are the grizzled young veterans. Ah, well, there you go. Great name, right? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, calling them grizzled, you know, it sounds like they're 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 one cane shake away from Grandpa Simpson, you know. <laughs> shake oh, your kids! Boy. You got the touch. Yeah, it stalks you at every turn. You got the power. Oh, boy. look at me right, the wrong so- way. That's- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so well, we do have a, a very action-packed. I don't know. If it's action-packed. I don't know. I'm just. I'm being. I'm trying to be positive. Who knows? It's actually just more of the same dreck that we put out every single week. But hey, you're here, and uh, you know we'd appreciate it. But we are going to talk some albums. But first, let's get into the week in geek. The week in geek. 
so funky. All right, my friend. So, uh, you know, the last few weeks, the Weekend Geek has has been, uh, shall we say, a little long in the tooth at times. So yeah, it's been it's been making me orate, quite honestly. <laughs> Uncle Todd, a little jelly. <laughs> Maybe just a little. I just feel like the show is being slowly taken over. It's like, what's going on? Well, never what's fear. Happening? Never fear, listeners. Uh, this this will be a little dialed down. Uh, right. But uh-huh. we do need to, uh, and by dialed down, I mean maybe 30 minutes. Uh <laughs> Well, that's good. We're trimming but, down. It's like we're cutting back on cigarettes. We're going from like three packs to like two packs and like 11 cigarettes. Two and a half. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, six months from now, we'll be down to two. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be great. Oh, it'll be wonderful. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> uh, but we are uh, at that time of the year, ladies and gentlemen. No, not the holidays. That's a couple months away still. It is football season, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, dear and God. And with Here that, we, go. we have fantasy football and week one of such competition now Once i just again, want for the record to to state that i was brought into this league under protest <laughs> i fully did not plan on doing fantasy football again i just don't care but again i feel like i'm 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 al pacino every time i get out they pull me back in see and ladies I've been, and gentlemen here here here's what i did I've been I, I, I hide into this. I I've been press ganged into this fantasy football league. I said, look, if you want the weekend geek to get shorter, you've got to do this. You've got to do it. Yeah, so people, as I'm suffering through another tail kicking this season, I just want you all to know I'm doing this for you. Okay? <laughs> this people. is why I'm suffering through this. Yeah. The people. The people. Thank you, Mario Bain. It's good to hear from you. It's been a while. Been a while. <laughs> that it has. It's been hanging with Patrick. Which actually, speaking of which, if, if anybody happens to notice things sound a little different on my end, I am I'm actually broadcast broadcasting, recording at home. So if it sounds a little weird and wonky, don't worry. I'll be back to uh, free range ADC HQ for our next episode. So Patrick has the mm. night off. He's off doing whatever it is that Patrick does when he's not around the office, which I'm not really sure because he's always around the office. I'm tripping over the dude. I don't I don't pay him. I don't understand why he hangs around as much as he does. You've probably confused him. He's probably there right now expecting you to show up for the recording, and, and he's like, where is he? More than likely, which concerns me because he keeps finding matches. I don't know where he <laughs> finds the matches. I n- I've never brought matches to the office. They're just like <laughs> spontaneously appearing, and he gets them, and he's he's lighting stuff on fire. So I mean, I th- I really think it's like Stockholm syndrome. Okay. Yeah. I think I think I've I've just abused him enough emotionally and mentally that now he's like he's attached to me like a barnacle or a, or a particularly like vile wart, and I don't know how to get rid I have to get like I have to get my intern lanced that's what's going to have to happen that's what's going to be here I'd see he's like a he's like a corn on the side of my foot at this point you a have an bunion, intern lance if you will no oh gosh no I can't take another intern no <laughs> lanced like, it's like how did you war. end up with two interns all of a sudden jeez it's like rabbits they just they can't <laughs> I don't know how this is happening Anywho, anywho. Well, back to the subject at hand. So, which was uh, which was what? I don't even remember. Our our (laughs) fly by night fantasy football league, as we call it, twenty twenty one edition. Uh, Uh, Week one is underway, and uh, my team, 
uh, which I have called Quick Slants after a patented John Madden video game play. For like the past 20 years, he's been using this name, That's ladies right. and gentlemen. I am up 224 to 17. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, in week one, I drew, uh, we, we have to have a garbage team basically in our league because we only have seven teams. You have to have an even eight to be able to draft and move forward. So we threw in a team that I affectionately call the Sella Dwellas. And yes, there are no R's in that name. It is A.H. New England style, ladies and gentlemen. As God intended it, yes. Indeed. So I am up 224 to 17. Now, you may ask, why such a drubbing on a fake team? And that is, quite frankly, because when we draft this team, I am going through and picking only players who are on the IR or who have no (laughs) prayer of playing ever. (laughs) Apparently, I picked poorly because there's one player who put up 17 points. That's (laughs) the one guy is responsible for everything? Basically. It's like the Wilt Chamberlain of that team. <laughs> so I have an easy 1-0 uh, record coming to me for week one. Uh, week two, I will be actually playing uh, real competition. But uh, Uncle Todd, uh, who has brought back, they all hate you. No, I didn't uh, bring it back. I was just too lazy to change it. I didn't I didn't do it. I did like no bamboozled. work. I didn't even show up to the draft. I didn't know where the teams were drafting until like Tim actually texted me in the middle of the draft. I'm like, oh yeah, that was tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, where are you, I, you chucklehead? I was looking forward to the smack talk, and he's like, oh what? Yeah. What happened? And and, and lo and behold, I, this it, apparently you know Yahoo, who we use for this thing, uh, drafted a much better team than I ever would have. So whatever. Yeah. So. W- what is your score right now? Uh, two hundred nine to one seventy one, and we okay. both of both of our teams have no players. We're recording this on Monday, so neither of us have a have a dog in the fight for the Monday night game. So it is it is a final two hundred nine to one seventy one. I got the week one win, which I'm not feeling great about because this is what happened last year. I, I was like six and six and one. I was I was do, I was doing well out of the gate, and then the wheels just freaking fall off mm-hmm. mid season. Everybody's hurt. Everything is going wrong like have my 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 mascot managed to get covid last year which i don't even know how that happened i i just i everything that could go wrong did go wrong so saying carl weathers got covid what i uh, no like the digital carl weathers that i use for a photo somehow that photo got got covid carl weathers was fine it was it was my photo that somehow contracted covid that's how unlucky i was last year so i'm i'm happy to get a win but i am not at all Optimistic. This is all going to go horribly wrong. And I think you touched on this already, but do share it for our, for the listeners. How much interaction have you had with this with this with this team? All right. So you didn't show up for the draft. Yeah. Yeah. You proclaimed to me in the pre 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 production meeting. You didn't even like bother to to verify if the lineup was solid or not. You put up two oh nine. What have you done anything with this team? I did actually. I was very strategic and surgical about the things that I do. See, I don't. I'm not just this year. I'm not going willy nilly. I'm going for very middle. Mat, uh, what, what's the what's the lady there who does the minimalism thing? Uh, if it brings you joy, you're supposed to like oh. hold it to your chest and then meditate on it, and then you know you light it on fire or something. I don't, maybe I've been hanging out with Patrick too much about the fire. Uh, but sounds anyway. like it. But I'm going for a very minimalist approach. So I, I did make one move, and it was a very strategic move. I cut a kicker, and I signed <laughs> like a fifth string running back, who apparently now is no not going to play this season. So I've I made that one move, 
I did not touch the lineup at all heading into week one. It just, however it was lined up, I was like, yeah, whatever. I think you should change the team name to the Autopilots. <laughs> nah, I think they all hate you is good. Because right. here's the thing, like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do so little with this team. And if I can somehow manage to win this league doing almost next to nothing, they will all hate me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm, I'm hope I'm I'm, I'm oh. almost pulling I'm I'm like pulling a combination Costanza reverse psychology uh-huh. I, I, all of these things all rolled into one and I know that it won't bring me victory but I'm in some part of my dark little heart I'm hoping you know hope yeah. still lives I haven't extinguished the the flame completely very nice very give it a couple so, weeks though and it probably will happen so promising start to the season for both Uncle Todd and the man they called. Well, for heaven's sake, I hope you had a promising start to the season. If you got beat by a team with 17 points, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, that, that, that would pack it in there. That would No. All right. Well, moving right along from fantasy football to our favorite topic, Marvel. Marvel? Yes, Marvel. Uh, uh, the What If I thought we were talking. I thought we were going back and doing like a retro episode on <laughs> on Captain Marvel with, with a what's her face there who was a, in, up in the spaceship, you know, farting around with all the scrolls and the test tubes, and apparently uh, had a pinball machine up there, which was like, right. how the pinball machine get there? Anyways, I I had questions and no answers. So it has been uh, five episodes in, and we have yet to utter a word about the show What If. So rather than report news in the Week in Geek, this is more of a open time for us to uh, pontificate, adjudicate, uh, rate, and uh, just plain, um, I can't think of another word that ends in A-T-E, it's but like, anyways. It's like, you, it's like someone just dumped a Scrabble board into your head and you're trying to work it out. <laughs> Placate. No. Um, it's, it's like it's like watching my cat try and figure out what's going on when you're uh, when you're like you're trying to like uh, you know work a computer and the cat is like what are you doing? <laughs> but debuting on August 11th and uh, having five episodes run so far since then, we we've had a what if where we've had Captain Carter as opposed to Captain America. Yep. Uh, you know what if Captain Carter were the first Avenger? We've had what if T'Challa became a Star Lord. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> what if the world lost its mightiest heroes? Mm-hmm. Arguably when things started to take a dark turn. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, what if Doctor Strange lost his heart instead of his hands? And what if zombies? Yeah. So, uh, so sir, I, I have gabbed quite a bit about football and to introduce this. What say you on your thoughts on this novel and somewhat dark series? <laughs> I think it's fan freaking tastic. Like I am enjoying it so much. Uh, my daughter is enjoying it a lot too. It is like must see TV for us every single week. I think the first episode was really good. The whole Captain Carter thing was great. The T'Challa episode I thought was was really good as well. It was great to hear Chadwick Boseman again. The the one and as you said, like when all of a sudden now the mightiest heroes are getting taken out. That was a little rough. That's a. <laughs> I was like, okay, um, what's happening here? What I really liked was how over the progression of these five episodes, it seems like the watcher has become a little bit more present in some of these stories and how they they'll have him incorporated into like the background of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then in episode four, you actually have Dr. Strange talking to the walker, mm-hmm. uh, the watcher. 
I got my Walker from like you know Texas, Walker, Texas, Texas, Ranger. Texas Ranger or The Walking Dead. I take your pick. Uh, actually, no, The Walking Dead would be the next episode. But I do like how Doctor Strange actually addresses the Watcher, and they have a they have a bit of back and forth. Thought that was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. kind of pulling the Watcher into the story, and and then him just stepping back out, like no, no, I just watch. It's right in my name, which you know, I mean, kind of like uh, you know. Did you ever I get watch it. Breaking Bad? Uh, I, you know what? I've ha- I've watched the I've watched the <gasps> the pilot, and that was it. Sacrilege! I know, I know, but it's one of those deals where see, I've I've got this point now where some of these shows, there's just so many seasons. I'm like, ah, I just don't have that sort of commitment, <laughs> dude. This one goes quick. Yeah, seriously. It, uh, okay. Right. Well, anyways, the reason I bring it up is there's a at some point in there there's this whole back and forth, and he says, "Say my name." <laughs> and uh, when you said the Watcher, that's what made me think of that. So say his name. Okay, uh, Jeffrey Wright. Anyways, all, all of that. Um, but then uh, the zombie episode was the one where I was like, "Oh, like okay, now we're really all righty." That was kind of I was not expecting that one. I was not yeah. expecting that yeah. whatsoever. And to just all of a sudden have like, you know, Iron Man and, you know, these various heroes like devouring humans and stuff. It was it was it was bizarre. And then also the uh, of course, you know, vision keeping Wanda well fed, shall we say? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. 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 Which, that that was a oof. Which, by the way, and, and, and I won't say I won't use the term ripoff because it wasn't a ripoff. But was a theme from a Walking Dead episode. Really? Uh huh. Huh. Yes. Interesting. One of uh, one of the more maligned seasons, uh, season two, where fans grew very bored of of the group staying on a farm. They basically end up finding out that the guy's farm they're staying at, he's kept all of his relatives who have turned basically in the barn. <laughs> So he has a whole, as they're trying to like, you know, avoid danger and be safe. He's got an entire like, you know, squad of zombies in his barn. It's, you know, as pets. Uh, Aren't they cute? Look but, at him nibble it. Nibble, nibble for, on that, on that fibula. But for the adorable? same, for the same reason as the zombie, uh, as Dr. Strange in the zombie episode, where there's that idea of a twisted kind of love, shall we say. Yeah, not dealing you with could say that. Yeah, that was that was a rough one. And the th- the thing was though, as as I'm watching that episode, and they, you know, and again, I mean, I guess spoilers, but you know what? If you haven't seen it by now, by the time this episode comes out, if you haven't seen it, you just don't care enough. I, that's I'm just gonna say that out loud right now. But when when uh you know Jan- uh, not Janet uh, Hope starts turning into uh into a zombie. And they're like, oh, no, it's too bad. I'm like, she could be a giant zombie here. Like, you guys had better figure something out because she coming back. Right. You know, th- right. this is how that works. Mm-hmm. And uh, and sure enough, and uh, yeah, that was whew, that was kind of a rough one. I, I even even like, OK, well, yeah, zombies, it's going to be this. And then it kept going like deeper and deeper. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> this one's a little rough. Yeah. A little rough. Oh, yeah. But I'm digging it so far. I, I I I like how it's it's kind of plumbing the depths of of the idea of like multiple universes and kind of just weird stuff happening. It's it's very interesting to me. Yeah, and and I like how they kind of and they've been doing this with the series because I've you know as we've talked about in the past, Wandavision was a little out there. Captain uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier was a little more down to earth. Loki 
was a little more out there. And uh, next episode, I think we'll delve into the trailer for the next series, which is looking a little more down to earth with a little bit of a Christmas theme to it. Yes, uh, indeed, in, we will. In Hawkeye. But this one, like, I, I thought it was a little pedestrian the first episode, but I, I understand looking back over the five now why they did that, because it, it really mm-hmm. was a way of easing us into kind of what this was going to be by having the story be very, uh, very much a parallel of Captain America, but just with Peggy Carter. And, and, and yes. I mean, really, it was very simple. It was just what if things played out slightly differently and, and Peggy was the one that ended up getting the serum? You know, mm-hmm. where there were still very similar like beats to her story that existed for for Steve Rogers, you know, in terms of, of what happened to her uh, or sorry, what happened to him, you know, being in the ice for 70 years. She ends up, you know, getting sucked away in a in a Tesseract portal and then, you know, coming back, I, I, I believe, you know, r- roughly around the same time as, as he showed up as well. Uh, you know, I think it was around the time of Avengers one, you know, when uh, when when Loki was screwing around with the Tesseract. Yeah. You know, so so I liked how there was the parallels. Then, you know, the second one was this really kind of fun look at, you know, what if T'Challa was was taken instead of uh, Peter Quill, you know, yeah. and, and became Star-Lord and exploring that, which I got to tell you, the funniest part of the whole thing was listening to. Uh, oh, gosh, why is my brain not working? Because I'm trying to read as I'm talking. Yondu? Uh, not Yondu. Um, give me a minute. Oh, oh Thanos. Oh, oh. Because yes. my brain is just not working right now. Um, you know, listening to Thanos like talk intelligently and almost like lightheartedly about his entire plan to wipe out half of all who exist and like him and T'Challa having this intelligent argument about it and, and saying, well, you know, he, he convinced me and it was a bad idea, but I still think it has its merits or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, it was just, okay. it was such a funny way to see Thanos, you know? Yes. So, so, but, but like you said, that, that one from a, just from a heart standpoint, a heart and soul standpoint is probably the strongest of the five, partially because of the fact we don't have, you know, Chadwick Boseman with us anymore. It was, like you said, it was great to hear his voice and, and he just brought so much heart to that character, you know, and, and even Mm. in this being a cartoon where he's just voicing it, you know, you just get that same vibe, um, Mm -hmm. you know, from it and, and, you know, looking at the collector being like this galactic kingpin now and, and just, you know, all, all these players who interacted in the movies we're used to are still there, but just have very, very different backgrounds to them now. And and oh, I yeah, thought that like was really cool. Like blonde nebula? Like, right. W- w- right. What? Wait a minute. How, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was, that was, I was not expecting that one. No. So, so that, that to me was, was uh, an episode with a lot of heart to it and, and was really good. And, and, and with a very interesting ending because, you know, like a lot of these, even that one kind of had a dark ending to it because mm-hmm. the the watcher kind of alludes to the fact that in this universe that there's going to be some repercussions because of Peter Quill not being coming Star Lord and that is ego finding him and we all know what his plan you know was going to be with Peter from from uh, Volume Two so mm-hmm. we're led to believe that plan is carried out in this universe and and there therefore there's some chaos that would probably ensue. Uh huh. But with the third one, yeah, I was a little. That one was a little rough, uh, you, you know, especially you know seeing Hulk get you know kind of exploded from the inside <laughs> was a little was a little rough to watch. Yeah, yeah. And just the whole idea of the Avengers, you know, kind of getting taken out. I thought it was an interesting twist to have it be Hank Pym, 
you know, again, sorry for the spoilers, but again, if you haven't seen it by now, too bad, so sad. Yeah. But yet with the ending of it still being that even it, even after all of that and with Loki now, you know, basically choosing to, to become Earth's ruler, that Nick Fury still has, you know, Cap on Ice and others that he can tap into, mm-hmm. you know, to, to kind of build up a group to, to go after Loki. That was kind of a, a, a cool twist. The Doctor Strange one was really cool, you know, just seeing abuse of power and, and how and, and what that can do. And, and, and the fact that we actually see a universe collapse, basically. Yeah. And the fact that you, you, can, you can draw a very, very strong line between Doctor Strange from the movie and his mm-hmm. determination to, to learn more, you know, to the point where you see him like checking out books when he's not supposed to be having those books and all that. And, and then get, getting his cleverness of locking himself into that time loop with Dormammu in order to break the entire sequence and to defeat him, but then using it towards this totally other purpose and right. just how, how that determination can go it really wrong. Yeah. Well, and, and, and of course it had, it had the classic ironic, twist to it that when he did get to the point of achieving his goal, you know, what ends up happening is, is Christine, his girlfriend, Christine Palmer, she wakes up and she doesn't see him as him. She sees him as this monster Mm -hmm. that he's become. It's a very twilight zone sort of episode. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. And, and like you had mentioned, it was, it was really uh, the first time we see the watcher interact with a character, but he, you know, again, he, he refuses to intervene, which kind of begs the question, are we eventually maybe in a future season or something like that? Are they going to, you know, pull the trigger on the watcher stepping in and doing something at some point would, would Could be, kind be. Of an interesting twist. Although it is interesting how you can make the argument that that was probably one of the only times you're going to see anyone engage actively with the Watcher because at that point, Doctor Strange had become so powerful and mm-hmm. had studied so long and, and was, was such a powerful being having absorbed all that dark energy from you know all those other creatures and things that he was probably on a level with the Watcher. To, and I don't know if you're going to have anyone else who is going to be able to to do that. So I'd be very, I'm actually going to be very surprised if they have something like that happen. But it, to me, that was like, that was one of those cool moments like, whoa, mm-hmm. I, w- I wasn't expecting someone to, to actually start interacting and to have this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That was really cool. Mm. Uh, and then, yeah. And then the zombie episode was, I think what really caught me off with the zombie episode was just, and, and this is typical of, you know, zombie shows like The Walking Dead as well, is, is, is the ultra violence that comes with it. Because now yeah. that you're dealing with, zombies you know decapitations and and spearing things and you know whatever else seems to be in play but but it was just yeah it it was a very uh different episode and you know as we already talked about you know just kind of playing into that idea of and and it's funny that it always kind of comes back to vision and and wanda and this sort of dangerous love they have for each other you know kind of like Mm -hmm. what we saw in wandavision where she kind of goes off the deep end and kind of creates this entire reality to, to fit them being together and how vision does the, you know, kind of the same thing in a very, very different and dark way. Yeah. Or and, even in, in a infinity war where you can make the argument that their love is partially responsible for Thanos getting that mind stone because otherwise vision, right. you know, vision was hurt in a, in a battle where he shouldn't have been there. He shouldn't yeah. have been with Wanda. Yeah. So, uh, overall, uh, buy or sell, thumbs up, thumbs down. 
Oh, I mean, come on. It, it's so, I've, I've already bought in. I've already cashed in every every 401k and IRA I've got. I'm, I'm invested in this in this right. ecosystem. I'm, I'm more invested in the MCU ecosystem than I am in Apple. And I'm, all, I'm like so freaking deep with Apple. That, that well, ladies and gentlemen, ridiculous. you heard it here first. Uncle Todd has put it all on Black 22. <laughs> yeah. Let it ride. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, well, one last thing to throw in before we close out the Weekend Geek. It, it is pretty cool to see how many original actors and actresses are voicing their respective characters. Um, not mm. everyone is represented, but a lot of folks uh, like Josh Brolin for Thanos, Kurt Russell mm-hmm. for Ego. I mean, for a basically what turned out to be a three second appearance. He did um, that over the phone. That was, that was like Feige calling up like, Hey, can you just say this line for me? Michael Douglas is Pim. Yeah, that was, I was actually kind of surprised with that one. We got Ruffalo. We got Hiddleston. We got uh, Sebastian Stan. I mean, really, you know, a lot of, a lot of the A-listers who, who have been in these movies are showing up for this, which is really, really cool. And kind of speaks to the power of the brand as if that was ever in question. Yeah, but so but we didn't have Robert Downey Jr. and we don't have uh, Cumberbatch, right? Uh, no, Cumberbatch isn't it? Oh, he I he did. I didn't yep. think I didn't realize that was him. That was him. Oh well, it just goes to show how much I know. <laughs> Not much. It's oh. been a, it's I you know it's been a it's been a month for me. Okay, I've remember been, I've he's putting it all, all on stuff. Black Twenty Two. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm in I'm in I just I don't know what I'm in on, but apparently you know I'm in. Cheadle's even in it, baby. Cheadle. Well, of course. <laughs> of course. You know. But yeah, overall, check it out if you haven't. What if, you know, really a, a great offshoot of, of, you know, the Marvel content showing us a little something different and uh, and, and serving it up in, in a way that um, makes it original, creative and different. Uh, so I'm excited to see what the rest of the season holds. Hopefully we we, 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 turn, we pull up a little bit from the dark region, come back to the light, but we shall see. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, thank you, sir, for, uh, for what little internet sleuthing you did uh, for this, and th- thank you for dragging me back to fantasy football. And for the record, I believe even after editing, we will be just about the half hour mark. So oh, you are a, and you are that, my a friends, liar. is the Week in Geek. <laughs> <laughs> gotta finish well, it. You. Gotta finish it. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to encroach on your part of the show. Please, nah, no, a, a thousand pardons, sir. A thousand <laughs> pardons. You're wrong. All right. So we now get to the the main subject at hand. This is our album one on one, and this is actually a, a a gimmick or a subject, uh, a topic, a a a theme of which the man they call Tim came up with all by his lonesome. He had this idea, so I want mm-hmm. to give credit where credit is due. And as it's, it, we totally did not plan this, but we each picked an album by a Canadian band, which is kind of. <laughs> Kind of odd when you get right down to it, you know. Uh, but, it speaks to the friendship, my friend. <laughs> yeah, either that or we both Couple have decades. this like underlying love of Tim Hortons. I'm not sure which it is. <laughs> For Timbits, yes, I love me some Timbits, or I did back when I could actually have Timbits, but the coffee mm-hmm. was always meh. But that's you know, I don't I don't want to make any of our Canadian listeners mad. You know, if you love the Tim Hortons coffee, you go on with your bad self. Mm-hmm. Me? Mm, no. Just in fresh pot! Anyways, so uh, I was assigned to listen to Moving Pictures by Rush, and Tim was assigned to listen to Gordon by Bare Naked Ladies. 
Now, Indeed. a little background on this. Tim, why did you choose for me to listen to this particular album? So Moving Pictures is, in in many ways, probably Rush's biggest commercial success or, or pop success. Uh, this mm-hmm. was kind of their their high point and, and is considered, you know, their 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 seminal studio album that, that really kind of brought them to that rock superstar status. Um, I at the time this came out, I was but five or six years old. So I was not quite in my my music listening phase at that point. <laughs> no, you weren't. No, I, I, I figured you came out of the womb listening to Rush. Uh, if oh, only. no, I'm sorry. That was if Michael. I, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I got that confused right. for a moment. Uh, our good friend. Um, yes, indeed. He's he's actually, right now as we're recording this, he can sense the disturbance in the force of a Rush conversation happening <laughs> where he's not involved. <laughs> I'm not there! <laughs> He's somehow he's somehow going to show up. In, he's, in our he's fumbling around putting his recording equipment together. You know, <laughs> I feel like I need to be connected somehow. Yeah, moving like one of his twelve dogs off the keyboard and trying to hook up a microphone. It's 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 utter chaos over there. Yes, yes. So uh, you know, kind of as a way to 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 ease ease you into it a little bit. Th- there's a number of well-known songs on this album. You know, of course. Mm. Probably one of the most popular, uh, Tom Sawyer. And then we have uh, Limelight, which is another song that gets played a lot on the radio. And then uh, YYZ is is a very popular instrumental um, piece. And I, I would kind of put those as, as the top three that a lot of people know of and are aware of. And then you have Red Barchetta, uh, which is a great, great song. And then the lesser known, I believe, are The Camera Eye. Uh, Witch Hunt and Vital Signs. So seven songs. I think it clocks in. I think I wrote the time down here. Let me see. It clocks in around forty minutes. Yeah, it's a tidy little album. I mean, even for a prog rock band, it was not. Ex- I mean, there were times when it felt like it was a little excessive. But we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. Um, and then you know, one of the things to note about um, you know, especially if if you're a product of the '80s and remember our, our music video days, you know, especially Tom Sawyer, uh, famously, its video was shot at Le Studio. In uh, Morin Heights, Quebec, uh, wintry day, and uh, and the boys uh, just hammering out the song uh, in the studio, uh, where you see Neil Peart just rattle out that phenomenal, uh, you know, a couple of those phenomenal drum parts in there. But basically, uh, Tom Sawyer recorded there, uh, as well as as some of the other songs. But really, this is really the one that put him on the map. And as you can kind of tell, as you go through from beginning to end, really kind of marks the beginning of them shifting from pure bass guitar and drums into kind of a synth place oh um, yeah you know, especially when you get to the to the end and you get to vital signs there there's definitely a tone and a theme there that does the next album after this is signals and that is where they start to really transition into more of a synth heavy kind of band so this is kind of a transition point for them um but but is really the album that marked them as as uh, big time and and really put them on the map so that is why I chose this. You, sir, uh, what are your reasonings around uh, assigning me the album Gordon? So Bare Naked Ladies, probably one of my top five favorite bands of all time. I just have always appreciated the, the mixture of humor, really good songwriting, and also musicianship because they, they it's not just a novelty act that they can kind of play. Like the, the musicians in this band can play and the songs that are not... They do a lot of songs that are kind of tongue-in-cheek and kind of funny and stuff like that. However, 
there's other songs that that is not it, and they are really well written and really really well crafted songs. So I've always just really enjoyed that, and and there's a lot of references and 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 little bits of business and 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 stuff like that. So this was their first studio album. I I believe there was a tape that they had before this because this was back in the in the 90s back when tapes were still a thing and it really is just there's so many songs on here that are like staples if you've if you've ever seen bare naked ladies in concert or you know anything about them there's a good set of songs on here that are are staples in their concert sets and that you're going to know uh the biggest one of course being if i had a million dollars which is kind of the big song that they had that kind of everybody kind of knows and that for a long time that was their closer for concerts it might still be honestly Mm -hmm. Uh, but also you have brian wilson which is a has always been a big song for them. Grade nine, which was a, a song that kind of morphed into an intro for "If I Had a Million Dollars," a little meta there. And then, uh, then you've got songs like "What a Good Boy," which is was a big song for them in concert. And then there's just a lot of other songs on here that are just so stinking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my personal favorite, I will just say right up front because you're going to be able to tell what all your favorites were. My personal favorite on the album is Enid. I always love that song, mm. and uh, I just appreciate the fact that it's there's bits and pieces of of like little references. Like so, in grade nine, they have a little bit of a nod to Tom Sawyer, which you noted down. Mm-hmm. In Enid, the beginning of it, they try to make it sound like a Depeche Mode song. That's how that whole <laughs> intro. That's what that was their inspiration oh. is trying to make it sound like that. Nice. So I just I appreciate stuff like that. And uh, this was a song. This was an album that when I was in high school. We actually went on an exchange trip to Canada for the the high school band, mm-hmm. and we went to Canada. And of course, heard about this band, Bare Naked Ladies, and they were actually having a concert. I didn't actually go to the concert, which I I now kick myself for. I I don't remember what the reasoning was. I didn't go to the concert, but then I heard so much about it that I bought a tape. I bought Gordon on tape, and on the way back to the states, which it was like a. It was like a 10, 12 hour drive. I listened to Gordon probably about three times. Nice. Just beginning nice. to end on my on my Sony Walkman, the yellow one, the you know, the quote unquote waterproof one. Sport. Ah, yeah. With, with the headphones that pointed inward into your ears. Yes, which like jabbed your eardrums and probably caused like many of the hearing problems that I'm gonna have later in life. Yes, oh, those. Yeah. So I I just had very fond memories of this. And and as we were talking in our pre-production meeting, I I could not listen to this song for a couple of years. And I've done that before and then come back. And I still know like 96% of the lyrics to these songs. It's in my DNA at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if my daughter by proxy knows like 50% of the lyrics just like through chromosomes. So it's it. And to me, it's it's one of it's not necessarily their finest album. Uh, I think they've done albums that are actually, you could argue, are are better. However, this is a, this to me is just a, such a great slice of what the band was starting out. It's the original lineup, all the original players, and uh, just a fantastic band overall. Very nice, very nice. So, sir, let's uh, let's throw this back to you since we're talking about Gordon. Let's uh, go in snake draft fashion. Let's go back to you. And so, what do you got here? What are your overall thoughts on this album? Very much enjoyed it. Very, very, very much enjoyed it. Um, Good. And, and I had, this was not a first exposure to the band. I had come to know the band primarily, there was a period of time in college when I was uh, working an internship and 
you know, I would have, uh, basically I was going for my computer science degree. So I was doing some programming and you have plenty of time to throw some headphones on and listen to music. And, and there was a Portland radio station that I could pick up on this like crappy little handheld. Yeah, it was, uh, it was FNX, right? FNX. Yeah. And primarily I got to know them through, uh, if I had a million dollars, that was a song they played a lot and they seemed to have some sort of relationship or partnership with that radio station when they would come into the area because yeah. they would either come to the studio or they would record like a live version of a song and throw in some little, like, like you said, they're, they're all about kind of throwing little funny bits into their music. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that song is, is a great example of it. So I, I'd already kind of known them a, a little bit, but I had not heard really any of the songs on this album other than I heard uh, Brian Wilson and I had heard of If I Had a Million Dollars. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty much all I had heard before. Hmm. So coming into it, yeah, it, it was just a, a, a joy to listen to. I mean, they, they bring great energy to the music. I love the different styles they have across the songs. You know, yes. like Hello City has kind of a jazz feel to it. Mm-hmm. Enid has, uh, like like you said, has great energy and harmony to it. Bass playing kind of stood out to me uh, yeah, as I listened to it. Yeah, because Jim Cregan plays an upright bass. For many years, he, he played only upright. And I think it was maybe five, six years after this that he actually incorporated a, a an electric bass. And to this day, he kind of goes back and forth. But yeah, it's a oh, very unique sound having like a an, just an upright bass, you know, yeah. in a kind and, of a rock we, band, you know. And we probably should just really quickly, uh, the, the lineup here. So if I have this right for this album, it's Ed Robertson, Stephen Page, yep. Andy Cregan, Jim Cregan, and Tyler Stewart. Yeah, so Ed Robertson, guitar, lead vocalist, Stephen Page, lead vocalist. They're very different singers, so Stephen Page has much uh, kind of bigger and more, I would, I would put it as more like an operatic, you know, powerful voice. Ed Robertson is, has, is also a good voice, but he does a lot of the kind of quirkier vocals. Uh, Andy right. Cregan's piano player, who is uh, Jim Cregan's brother, and he actually left the band, I think, an album or two after this. And then Tyler Stewart is a drummer. And another note is he actually gets some vocals on Enid. At the very end, you'll hear the last chorus. He's he's like shouting in the background. He's actually like saying the lyrics to Jeremy, the Pearl Jam song. Oh, really? In the background I'll as they're doing the last chorus. Yeah, it's it's again, it's one of those silly things where you're like, why? And it's like, well, why not? Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I, I have no argument for that. Sure. Uh, so that's their starting lineup. And then uh, I, I guess we'll do the rush starting lineup when we switch over to you. But yeah, so I, I'll just go through real quick. Yeah, Enid was a great one. Grade nine had kind of a mighty, mighty boss tones feel to it, I felt. I don't know if you'd agree with that, but it had that kind of like um, ska feel to it. A little bit. Yeah. 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 I mean, not not full on, but it just it had that like like that's what I really took away from this album with you know them at this stage was just how good they they seem to be at incorporating different styles you know a lot of like like several songs here in my notes i have great job painting mood and tone yes you know they they like they paint a mood and i thought hello city was going to be this song i don't know i don't remember the name of the song but they do i i'm trying to think of the lyrics to the song but it's it's something about i don't know if it was an apartment or in a city but you know something hello my good friend or something like that like like there's some song they do about city or apartment or something like that and i remember well, this uh, the old there's the old apartment Th- that might be the one i'm thinking of yeah welcome uh welcome to the old apartment yeah that's that's a that's like two three albums after this okay 
Okay. Yeah. But but I remember hearing that on the radio and thinking, wow, they really know how to kind of put you into a mental kind of place, you know, with tone oh, yeah. and mood and, and, and emotion and stuff like that. And it's it's really, really interesting. I'll, I'll get back to grade nine in a little bit. You know, Brian Wilson's a great, great song. Be my Yoko Ono, you know, has has a has a doo-wop feel to it, you know, great. And and across these songs, not all of them, but some of these songs, great harmonies. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, like I mean, like wrap your yeah. arms around me, which is a very strange and dark song, but has this oh, like Crosby, yeah. Stills, Nash and Young feel to it, the way they sing it. <laughs> Yes, which is because, I mean, there's there's a lot of folk kind of background for these guys because it really started out, the band started out as, as Ed and Steve and it was a duo and they would always talk about, yeah, well, we couldn't bring the band, the band couldn't make it, this and that and the other and eventually they added a band because yeah. it was just the two of them. And to come out of that, like folk songs to me are always kind of weird because sometimes you hear them and it sounds kind of happy and then you listen to the lyrics like, oh my gosh, that's dark. Yeah. Even though it's even though it's kind of an upbeat song, it's like, oh my gosh, this is a person who just froze to death out in a field. Like, how is this happy? Right. And like, so yeah, wrap your arms around me is like, wow, oh. It, this it is... sounds like a love <laughs> ballad sort of thing. And you're yeah. like, I wrap oh. my hands around your neck. And it's like, oh, yes. Oh, sweet Lord. Yeah. <laughs> what but am on I listening the other hand, to? <laughs> then you have Be My Yoko Ono, which is, a, which is actually a kind of a really funny take on a love song like yeah, yeah if yeah. if 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 you will you be my yoko ono i would give up i would give up the beatles for you i would give up this i would give up that just to you know you know be with you and it's kind of like it's kind of funny but it's also sweet but then you get to wrap your arms around me it's like oh this is kind of disturbing <laughs> i gotta stop liking this so much yeah um what a good boy uh nice ballad you know great mm-hmm. great vocals i i feel like one of the big strengths of the band is is the vocals with with robertson and page i mean yeah and and i'm glad you kind of i'm glad you qualified what page sounds like because i i was thinking in my head like broadway style you know but there's there's, yes. there's a theatrical sense to what he does you know what i mean yes. i feel like but but i i like the way you said how it's operatic because he does have that ability to inflect and to really you know bring a lot of emotion and 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 effect into his singing yes which which is really really interesting to listen to across all these songs see the funny thing is you you like my description i actually like your description because i feel like the idea of like the broadwayness of it yeah. is so spot on because yeah it, it it does have that and and if you really want a good example of that just a little extra homework if you want to uh their 2000 album maroon the last song on it or well it's it used to be a last song and then there was a hidden track but we don't do hidden tracks anymore because that's not a thing but uh, the last track is Tonight is the Night I Fell Asleep at the Wheel. That is a, a fantastic example of like his voice doing so much emotional heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And is is very Broadway-ish now that I think about it. So I think you actually, I think you hit it closer to the to the target than I did. Oh, very nice. Yeah. I, sorry, I'll just run through the rest of the songs. Uh, King of Bedside Manor, um, I like that. It reminded me a little bit of, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Billy Joel song, An Angry Young Man. Yes, yeah. It, it kind of reminded me of that a little bit because of the pace, the frantic pace of the song and and, yeah. and the way they sing it. Yep. Um, n- nice nod to Mr. Roboto. I like that. Yes, yep. <laughs> Box set. So so they've done jazz. They do a little ska, like a ska style, and mm-hmm. now they bring salsa into it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's, it's and like, it's, it's incredible. And it's right on. It's really good. It is. It's very good. I love you. Um, I really like this one. I was kind of waiting for, and I don't know if this is the right terminology for it, but the, the, the tempo, it had kind of a hoppy tempo, older style, 
and mm-hmm. it, I, I'm waiting for that that kind of four on the floor rhythm to kick in, like 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 the way the drums are being played. There's this there's a style called four on the floor where it's you, where you just start getting the bass drum on every beat, and I and mm-hmm. I thought they were kind of building to that to the end of the song, but it never really kicked in. Um, no, they give you double time instead. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which is just is outrageous because then of course you know Jim Cregan starts going mad on upright, and I'm like, yeah, okay, you're really good. We get it. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, new kid on the block. Holy Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young on that one. Um, yeah. Yep. I I wrote that or the yeah. So so new kid and blame it on me. I wrote Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young or the Eagles. Like like that's what it kind of feels like to me. Like I don't know if they were inspired yes. by those bands, but there's oh, sure. a very heavy harmony thing going on in those songs and it feels mm-hmm. very eagles or that other band so yeah blame it on me would definitely be another one of my favorites off of this album I, i've loved that song for so long yeah it's, it's so good uh the flag is another one where they set a, a you know they know how to set a mood and tone um if i had a thousand or a million dollars great country tempo catchy song great lyrics um and and it totally makes sense why it ended up being this massive hit of theirs it's just it's a very poppy easy to connect to sort of song um mm-hmm. that, that you just can't get out of your head you know with some really gr- good absurd lines like oh yeah are, oh absolutely set up earlier in the song like, or an emu <laughs> Yeah, which I'm like, oh. someone worked emu you some, into a song. I'd buy you some art, a Picasso or a Garfunkel. I'm like, <laughs> sure. And then the fact that, you know, I'd buy you a fur coat, but not a real fur coat because that's cruel. And then the next verse is I'd buy you a green dress, but not a real green dress because that's cruel. I'm like, <laughs> it's like, come on, you're just showing off now. Oh, you're yeah. just showing off. Oh, like, yeah. we're really good at this whole writing thing, by the way. And then the last song, Crazy, um, you know, just it had a country tempo, great vocals. I think I caught a hint of bagpipes in there somewhere. Probably that that at the end of it, it starts getting so layered. It's like it, oh, it yeah. starts getting into like a day in the life territory where it's just like yeah we're just going to start putting stuff on top of stuff oh it does and and i love the outtakes at the end i mean there's just yes. it, it just degenerates into just just tomfoolery <laughs> of the highest level so i just thought it was uh thought it was a a a, a well done you know kind of last song so overall i was just uh i'm like man i've and, and actually i started to listen to i forget the album that comes after i think i listened to the album that followed maybe this you one. should drive yeah, like I was trying to start working my way chronologically, you know, through through their uh, mm-hmm. uh, through their discography because um, it just reminded me of they they just bring a joy to music. You know what I mean? Yes. Like I just I listen to yeah. them and they're just happy and they're joyful and it's just a fun band to listen to. So thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. This was a very very good suggestion. Oh well, you're welcome. I guess we'll let me let's go let's just kind of go back and forth so we don't focus in on one for too too long. Sure. Uh, so moving pictures, overall thoughts. Uh, the first thing I did when I when I started listening to this is I went to Wikipedia to find out where the side break was because this mm. being released back in 1980 what 81 yeah at the time primarily that was still vinyl territory so Indeed. i was like yeah, I'm, I'm always fascinated by what would have been the a side and the b side you know and even even when my band recorded our album even though it was it was going to be on cd we we didn't have the money to print on vinyl and uh it was either going to be cd or it was going to be digital i still approached it like it was going to be side a and side b mm. when it came time to do the 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 song order and i thought of it as okay here's where the break would be that you'd have to flip the the flip the the record over 
and I want to make sure, okay, here's here's where side two starts. So I want to have, you know, strong song one, side two, and, and thinking of it in that way. And then and, and how do you want the whole album to end, you know, after this mm-hmm. whole thing? So for me, I went and I looked. I'm like, okay. I I saw that the break was right after Limelight. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Instantly, it kind of made me think of when I got a vinyl copy of Average White Band's debut album. Mm -hmm. And going down what side A was, I'm like, oh my gosh. That's like Murder's Row. Like that is a... (laughs) Some heavy lumber there, isn't it? (laughs) That's like all killer, no filler. I mean, dude, that's like... right there and it reminded me of this because I mean you you start off with Tom Sawyer which I mean such a badass intro to that and that's like the first thing you hear after the needle drop Red Barchetta YYZ Limelight that goes beyond solid side A that might be one of the best side A's in rock amen you can make you can make a lot of arguments and it would be it eventually it boils down to being very subjective, but I'd say it's in the discussion. And and t- and keep in mind, I am not a Rush fanatic. Like I'm not. A, I I wouldn't even necessarily say I'm a Rush fan, even after listening to this. I I definitely appreciate the band. They're extraordinarily talented. Don't get me wrong. But even being that removed from the subject, I got to admit, like that's a killer side. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. Just amazing musicianship, of course. I mean, so we've got, a, I mean, you were like, oh yeah, let's give the rundown on the on the members. Like, okay, this one's pretty easy. It's the same three dudes that's been. <laughs> For 40 some odd years. <laughs> you know, it's like ZZ Top, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, up, up until we lost Dusty Hill, it was, you know, it's Billy, Dusty, and Frank. That's. Mm-hmm. Pretty easy to remember, you know, and the, and if you ever need to know what the drummer's last name is, it's Beard because he's the guy without a beard. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Can remember that one. Uh, so, of course, we have Getty Lee on lead vocals and bass, uh, just further making me angry at my own abilities playing and bass. And keyboards. <laughs> Oh, and keyboards. Yeah. And then we have Alex Lifeson on uh, on guitar and, of course, Neil Peart drummer and as I now know a primary lyricist which I for whatever reason I just it never occurred to me that that would be the case but Mm -hmm. so overall thoughts to me side a is absolutely otherworldly like I said it's one of the one of the best in rock history but going to side b I'm like it's like two different albums it really is like two eps that just they decide like ah let's just make it an album because it's side B to me is so different, and probably because I am not familiar with any of those songs, and and the Camera Eye, Witch Hunt, and Vital Signs, all did not hit me in the same way that Side A did. Now, granted, having listened to classic rock radio at any given point in the last twenty years, you've heard Limelight and Tom Sawyer. Yes, you, I mean it, you you just know those songs because like they are just embedded in your head. If you it, like, you can even catch it in your fillings if you're near the right station. And YYZ, I've I've seen on YouTube, and I that is an amazing song to watch like live versions of because mm-hmm. the band, of course, is fantastic, but the crowd goes fracking bonkers when they play that. that oh yeah, that, well, that watch it when they're in Rio de Janeiro. I mean, it's oh my it's like insane. It's like it's CM Punk insane. <laughs> yeah. So, but overall, like a, a solid album, solid album. Although I, I would say that in my opinion, side B could not match up to side A. But then again, I don't know no. how many, how many sides could match up to side A. That is such a, a tightly packed four really, you know, three of what I would say are, are pretty good, like pop 
level rock songs mm -hmm. and a killer instrumental. It, whatever's on side B is probably going to be a letdown. That's just yeah. the way it is. Yeah, I, I think side B is probably more of the, the prog side of prog rock. Um, yes, yes. Side it, A is rock and side B is prog. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, Camera Eye is an interesting one because it's kind of like a song about New York and London and, and trying to use music to kind of tell, you know, I think I think when Neil Peart wrote it, it is trying to communicate the the feeling or emotion he has being in both cities, you know? Yeah. And, and it's kind of an interesting concept, but I, I 100% agree. It's just, it doesn't resonate with me as, uh, as much either. Um, Witch Hunt, is probably the one I probably the song that resonates or, or well, well we'll get to that soon but re resonates <laughs> least with me um, mm -hmm. but vital signs I actually thought was kind of an interesting one because it, it if you listen to the lyrics and listen to what they're doing in the music it does have a very you know I talked about it being synth heavy but it does have that kind of futuristic technological kind of vibe to it yes and, yeah and so I think you know that part of it kind of comes through but yeah they they, they are two two very different sides. Yes. Yes, indeed. So going back to you, uh, if you had to pick a favorite song from Gordon, uh, what would you pick? I'm going to go with grade nine. Mm. And I'm not just going with it because they have the, the awesome nod to Tom Sawyer in the middle of it. Um, yes. Which completely surprised me the first time I heard it. I'm like, and, and I have to ask, like, did you pick this album because you knew there was a Rush reference in it? Or was this just like totally not not on purpose. No, it, it was, I, 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 it's not that I forgot about it. It's one of those things that, you know, it, it, every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, that's so, that is awesome that they yeah. threw that in there. But it's not something that's the first thing I think of when I, when I think of the album. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was, it is one of those deals where it's like, uh, you know, Canadian band, of course they're going to reference Rush in some yeah. way, shape or form. And especially with these guys having, you know, a love of rock that we now consider classic rock. Of course, mm. it's going to be a Styx reference. Of course, there's going to be a, a Rush reference. Of course, they're going to, you know, there's going to be like a, you know, a Brian Wilson reference about, you know, how he was in bed for years and, you know, all that mm -hmm. stuff. It's yeah, of course, those things are going to be on there. But no, I did. I didn't. That, that was not the reason, sir. So, so I, I picked out in grade nine. So there's a part in there that is a nod to Tom Sawyer. There's another part that I think is a nod to Limelight. Uh, and then I yes. think I'm hearing a little bit of Charlie Brown in there. <laughs> Could be. Could like, be. Like toward the end, there, there, there's a part that sounds like the dun na 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 na. A little bit, yes. A and little then bit. They, and then, oh no, that's the live ver uh, version of. Um, there's another song where they they use the the James Bond theme. Uh that's Brian Wilson. Yes. Okay. That's okay. Yeah. yeah thank you. Yeah. I was I, I was confusing. I was trying to think. I'm like, oh yeah, it's on the live album. So then I'm running through that track listing, and yeah, you beat me to it. Yeah. So so Grade Nine is my favorite, not just for those things, but I also, you know, and I've listened to the album like two three times now, and listening to it this morning again. And, and again, I don't know if this is what their intent was or, or if it was just to be, you know, to bring some comedy into it or, or, or what they were doing. But, um, you know, listening to the lyrics, you know, about that time in high school and mm -hmm. listening, like, especially the, 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 the parts where it's like, this is me in grade nine, baby. This is me in grade nine. And then you hear the guy, this is me in grade nine, you know, sort of. Yes. Thing. Like, I'm like, that is that's got to be angst, right? I mean, that's got to be the teenage, like inside of you, you're just like wanting to burst, you know, but yeah. you don't and, know and how. Just, and awkwardness as <laughs> and, well. And awkwardness, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I love how they're like, they call me fat, so they call me this. They, they called me Eddie. <laughs> and then it <laughs> yes, just pauses. Yes. Like, again, just that awkwardness of, like you can picture everyone in the band just turning like, huh? Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so, so that was my favorite. It, it was, it was just such a, like the energy was great. You know, I just, I, I love them weaving all those different nods into it and, and just kind of creating a texture and, and a mood of, of just that time in our lives when, you know, as teenagers in high school, we we're just so like, I don't want to say wildly out of control, but, but you know what I mean? Like it, it just gave that chaotic feel to just being a teenager, you know, you're, yes, the hormones are going, you're, you're all no idea what, <laughs> about anything really at that phase of life and yet you think you know yeah. everything and you, you uh, have no idea what you're doing but you're just doing it really quickly yes yes <laughs> it's, and, it's like uh, it's like that simpsons episode where he decides to call himself max power yeah and he's like <laughs> he's like there's the right way the wrong way and the max power way isn't that the wrong isn't that just the wrong way yes but faster <laughs> I've always that's I always stayed about in my that. head. Because oh I'm like that. Like I've I, there's so many times in my life where I've done things oh, the max power funny. way, and it yes. really is. It's just I just did the thing <laughs> the wrong way, but I made excellent time. Uh, you sir, what is your favorite song off the album? Well, I I had to qualify this a little bit because, like I said, you can't listen to classic rock radio without having heard Tom Sawyer and Limelight a billion and a half times. So it would have been really low hanging fruit to go for either one of those. And and if I had to pick between those two, I would probably say Limelight is actually more of my favorite. Tom Sawyer is badass, no doubt, but mm. for whatever reason, it's just never been maybe it's the overuse of synth like the dee 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 and I, I don't know. Of course then, you know, Getty Lee goes freaking crazy on bass in, you know, oh, in I the know. middle of that is Alex is like off in the freaking stratosphere. It's like ugh. um <laughs> It, it really is. I think Uncle Todd's a little jelly. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, I never thought that much about this stuff until I started playing bass, and now I have so I so appreciate bass players who sing. Yeah. Even if it's like just bare minimum bass playing and singing, and then you actually hear someone like you know Getty Lee, who's like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to play bass like somebody who should just be totally staring down at the fretboard, making sure everything is exactly right, and no, and I'm also going to sing these impossibly crazy vocal parts too, and just. Yeah. kind of makes you angry a little bit. So, I mean, I kind of took those two out of the equation. Well, sorry, um, which two? Tom Sawyer and what was the Tom other Tom Sawyer one? and Limelight. Just, just because it okay. would be, it, it's low-hanging fruit. Like, I, I could totally do that. My favorite on this album actually turned out to be Red Barchetta. And really? I, I, I really appreciated, nice. like, Getty Lee's bass tone in it. And I just, it to me, it was just a, it was a pretty good rock song. And I just, I was like, I, I don't think I've ever heard this song before. Cause again, classic radio only plays like the same five songs by every artist. And you never hear any B sides, deep cuts, nothing like, Oh, here's a deep cut. And Oh, it's this other song that's only slight, that's slightly less popular than this other one. Like, Oh, great. Right. Thanks. Really digging deep there. But, uh, I just, I just like the song. Now the, the problem I have is and I will say right up front, I, I can't get quite as deep as you did with grade nine. And I applaud you for, for kind of doing a better job the, the, here. And here's the problem. Okay. Here is the problem I have with prog rock. Yes. It makes me feel stupid. Okay. From a lyrical standpoint, because I have such a hard time understanding what the fricking song is really about because prog rock songs are just, they always seem to have like these, it's just like very deep lyrics or, or very kind of, 
I shouldn't say deep, but very uh, can be mysterious or, you know, like the, the lyrics unfold the story. And if you're mm. not reading, if you don't know the story or you're not like that into the band, you might have missed something because it's referencing five other other songs and this other story. And, oh, this is a continuation. Like, I just feel dumb listening to them, you know. And that's why for me, like uh, when I listen to Rush, I, f- <laughs> I feel like a guitar player because I'm not paying attention to the lyrics whatsoever. Um, and I say that because most of the guitar players I've ever played with, I'll mention like what the lyrics are. They're like, oh, this song has lyrics. I'm like, what's <laughs> You know how much time I spent writing those? Like, I don't know. I just wait till your mouth stops moving and then I solo. I'm like, awesome. Thanks. Appreciate that. But I, so I can't go deep into the lyrics. I do know that apparently uh, Neil was inspired by a car for this song. Yes. And, uh, and I just, I don't know. I just, I really like that song. It's, it has a nice drive to it. It, you know, not to go into the car thing, but um, (laughs) it's just, it it was, it was unexpected. And to me, it just was like, oh, hey, this is kind of nice and straight ahead. And, I just dug it. it. It was just, it was overall just kind of hit me the right way. Can I bring a little context to the lyrics? Yes, please, sir. Basically, this is a story of a young man. I think he's visiting an uncle, I think is what he describes it as in the lyrics. But it, this is a sci fi tale. Of course. See, now right here, you're already losing me. Like, I don't, I don't, so I, hear, I, hear, hear I, me this out. is not what I, this is not my thing. Hear me out. Here, <laughs> like to go there. So, it's a sci-fi tale where and you, know what? you can motorized, play drums like that. You can go wherever you want, and, and I have no problem with that. It just makes me feel dumb. Motorized vehicles are okay. banned, uh-huh. and he gets tempted to take his uncle's red barchetta uh-huh. out for a joyride and then gets uh-huh. chased by the hovering uh, patrol cars uh, for breaking the rule, but he gets back safely. So basically, this is like the control. opening of J.J. Abrams' Star Trek movie. Kind of in some ways, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. I think JJ owes owes the boys from Rush some money. <laughs> Hang on a minute. How is how has no one ever put this? It's it's idiots like us who have put this together. Seriously. Uh, looking at Wikipedia, it is said that uh, Piert was inspired by the short story "A Nice Morning Drive" by Richard S. Foster, originally written in November 1973 edition of American Car Magazine Road and Track. Well, then never mind. It, J.J. owes this foster guy some money. Uh, yes. J.J. Owes, so, owes somebody something. J.J. needs to pay up. Mm-hmm. That's what you're saying. But yes, that that is and, and that is a great pick. Um, I, I think it is a song that is underappreciated. Lifeson does an amazing job guitar-wise building a mental image of the car taking off and what that kind of sounds like and, mm. and, and just kind of building it solely from a musical place uh i think he he just does an amazing job with it as as do the other two i love you know lee's bass like you were saying as well in this one and uh and yeah it's it it is played from time to time i have heard it on classic rock stations it is certainly not rotated as much as tom sawyer and limelight maybe i just missed it and i never so i never again i probably my own it's 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 not it's not a heavy rotation song tom sawyer and limelight are are played way more than that is Mm. So it, it it is you have to kind of catch it at the right time. It's it's not something you're going to hit um, very often. Yeah. So yeah, no, great great pick, sir. Great pick. So if we were to bounce back to you, what would you say is your least favorite song off of Gordon? I would say the one I probably connected with the least, and and it kind of shows in my notes because it's the one I have the least number of notes for is the flag. Mm. 
Mm. I I mean, you know, my, my only note is just how the band knows how to set a mood and tone. But compared to the other songs, I kind of base it a little bit on on how much I connect. And I, I probably connected with this one the least. Yeah. So not saying it's awful or bad, but just it's just me. No, I I I I totally agree. That would probably be that would probably be mine as well. So it's uh, it's just not as I mean it's powerful in its own way, but it just it to me it's uh it just doesn't match up to some of their other songs on there. Yeah. Yeah. So I would go with that one and and clearly you can see I don't have much to say about the lyrics or anything else, so you can tell how much I listen to it. So sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. Uh, for me, I would I would definitely go with Witch Hunt as my least favorite song. Yeah. On mo- on moving pictures, uh, just synth freaking overkill. Oh my gosh, it's mm. like, okay, yep. The boys like for Christmas, someone gave them like an entire room full of synthesizers, and they're like, let's use all of them, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> like the let's album is already. Like there's a lot of synth on it, but oh my gosh, it's like they've ratcheted that up to like ten yeah. when they hit witch hunt, like, oh yeah, let's just do all the things. Like, no, don't do all the things. All the things isn't a good a good way to go. So yeah, not not good, not good. I will say this about Witch Hunt, because I, I listened to that okay. one today and I listened to the lyrics. Very applicable to today. Let's just say that. <laughs> Well, yeah, but the other, and then again, again, but this, this is now, uh, so didn't it, it was, a uh, if I'm remembering from the, the little bit of reading here on Wikipedia that I did, that's uh, so that's part three of their fear series, which kind of ended up being kind of retroactive, I guess, after the album was released and they kind of mm. add, but I'm like, I, I don't need part three on Like I, again, like this is a multi part. I already feel dumb enough. Cause I don't know what the hell's going on with most of these lyrics. It's not now about you're telling making me you feel dumb. It's about just providing depth to it is all, you know It what is I mean? about making me feel dumb. I feel like they're singling oh, me on, out. I'm feeling on. called out. I am triggered. <laughs> yeah. You sound it. <laughs> I'm triggered. It could be gas. I mean, that's, that's the other alternative. It I think it's be. the lack of Patrick. I think you're 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 missing getting a few uh, senses of, of of frustration taken out on the boy. I think you're missing that. Well, the problem is, I mean, I should be relaxed because I don't have him rattling around here while I'm trying to record. I but I can't relax because I'm pretty sure he's probably burned the building down by now. <laughs> And and let's face it, we don't make a lot of money off of this, so I didn't have any renter's insurance. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know if all my gear is like a smoking pile of stuff next to an, a slightly smaller smoking pile of stuff that used to be our intern. So I, I don't know what's going on, and it's making me a little nervous. Well, you know. Yeah. What are you going to do? All right, do? so uh, what would you say is your biggest surprise from Gordon? Ah, oh, biggest surprise. Honestly, let me go back to my notes you know, it's kind of a tie between Hello City and mm-hmm. Box Set, to be honest. Box Set mm. surprised me because I, I just, I wouldn't have expected them to go into a salsa sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and it then, was just such a different style for them, but they, they pull it off and it was really good. Yeah. The problem is on, on this, this album is a little tough because there are some references that are dated mm. and that people aren't going to quite get right now. Although, I mean, New Kid on the Block talking about, of course, New Kids on the Block or NKOTP. I think that's anyways, I can't abbreviate and talk at the same time, apparently. <laughs> uh, but of course, then there's always boy bands and pop bands and all that stuff. So there's you can kind of connect the dots on that. But the idea of a box set 
is kind of not a thing now. Like that's not a thing. Like that you, that was kind of the hotness in the '90s as these box sets were coming out. Where it was like, oh, this is all of the stuff this band has ever done. And then you get the extra discs with all this other like bootlegs and extra things and all that. And mm. that was like a huge thing at that time. Yeah. And people were getting like, oh, this this box set's coming out and this box set's coming out and all of this. And that's just not a thing anymore because of digital. It's sort of right. like the whole side A side B thing with with albums. But man, I just love that. I I, box set was always one of my favorites because it's it's such an infomercial sort of thing mm-hmm. and going through all this and just pointing out like kind of the absurdity of those box sets too like you know like the whole like disc one is where we begun it's all my greatest hits and if you are a fan then you know you've already got them you know it's like yeah. already like this first one is useless you yeah. already paid for it you know and then just going it just gets further and further and further into the absurdity the more like they go into the different discs and it's great i just yeah. i've always loved that actually i i think i'll settle on that one box set is the surprise we we had to pick a surprise box set was the surprise now the funny part about hello city is that was written as a response to i want to say it was halifax oh really it might have, I might be getting that wrong, but it was a city, and I, I think it was in Nova Scotia, that banned them. They were oh, not wow. allowed to play in the city because of their name. Oh, jeez. Even though there was, they're called bare naked ladies, it's all dudes and fully clothed. There are, there are no naked ladies involved in the show whatsoever, but they were banned because of their name. And so they wrote Hello City about being banned. Interesting. Okay, quick note here from the edit. Usually I correct these things in the show notes, but this is so egregious that it needs to be corrected now. It was Toronto that banned Barenaked Ladies from playing in a, in a town square. Hello City, however, is about Halifax and the disastrous first few gigs there. There was no banning in Halifax, it was in Toronto, but it was about the name, but Halifax was still involved, so I managed to be wrong and right at the same time. Now back to the show. So I was I always appreciated that, and that they, they're like, you know what? And that's the first song on the album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sir, what was your surprise off the album? Uh, well, it'd be easy to go with uh, Red Barchetta because I was not expecting to like that song uh, as much as I did. However, I'll go with YYZ because excellent choice. Again, I'd I'd heard it before, and I wasn't expecting to it to be kind of a revelation as I'm re-listening to it because I. Like I said, I'd watched the YouTube videos and I'd, when you and Mike had talked about Rush before, that was one of the ones that I kind of came across and watched. But listening to it, I was just like, dang, it's intense. And it goes, I mean, it's its a lot of different gears that that song cycles through mm-hmm. over the course of it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it is like, there are some instrumentals that can just get to a point of like, all right, when is this going to be over? Like, are we are we done yet? Mm-hmm. Are we done yet? Because you get in, you can get into like this sort of jam bandy sort of thing, or even when you get into something like uh, like Pink Floyd, like some of the some of their instrumentals can be tremendously moving and 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 pull you in. But there are others where you're like, okay, we're just noodling the crap out of this, and it's not going anywhere, and it might never go anywhere. This goes somewhere. It is captivating from beginning to end. Uh, in a way that not every instrumental is. So that was kind of surprising for me, not that it was a good song, just that it kind of, it really pulled me in when I listened to it. Nice. And do you know what YYZ stands for? Uh, It's the, uh, isn't the, it's the airport code for Toronto, correct? 
And you say that you don't look into this stuff and you feel stupid. Look at you, you smarty. Well, I remember that you and Mike had talked about that. And then, of course, also uh, the the right. rhythm for the song is based on mm-hmm. the Morse code for YYZ. Indeed. So I, I did I did get those things. But, of course, neither one of those have anything to do with the lyrics. Once we get into the lyrics, I'm just like, nah, whatever. <laughs> uh, so, so you're good for musical depth, not lyrical depth. <laughs> Not with prog rock, man. It's just like I, I believe me. I love to get into some lyrics. I could go over the lyrics in in Gordon with you, and those are good with me. But for whatever reason, like I don't have the prog rock chromosome that allows me to like understand. Like I just kind of shut down. We get into that, and like I just sort of go into the thousand yard stare, and I'm like, music sound pretty, <laughs> you know. That's it. That's all I got. That's all I got. Oh gosh, that's funny. So uh, on a scale of one to five, would you recommend this album to a friend with one being no recommendation, five is your highest recommendation? Honestly, I got to go five on this one. I, I know wow. I, I come across on this show as the, the overly optimistic, probably of the two of us, but uh, <laughs> um, no, this is this, this, You're this saying was, I'm a grumpy old jerk. I appreciate that. You like <laughs> grandpa, so you, you, you like the tag team from earlier, the grizzled young veteran. <laughs> Kids shaking the cane and everything. Well, it kind of fits in with a with the gorilla monsoon, Bobby the Brain, Heenan dynamic that we've cultivated <laughs> over the years. Will you stop? Oh my gosh! No, I, I'm going to go with five just because I really enjoyed the album. Um, I thought it was, like I said, for not having listened to a lot of the the deep stuff that they've done. And to be exposed to all of these songs, it was really, it, it was really enjoyable. You know, I mean, I, I listened to it a couple times, you know, at points during work when I, I could, you know, kind of just plop down, listen to music while I was doing work. And yeah, I just, I, I was, you know, kind of jotting notes down as the songs were going. And I just, I wasn't expecting to have, to have written so much, you know what I mean? Like I, there were just little bits mm-hmm. in every song that I'm just like, this is really cool. And this is really cool. And and like I mentioned, the harmonies just blew me away. I mean, I, yeah. I just thought they find a really artistic and and pleasant way to bring, you know, some powerful harmonies to to songs in in a way like bands like the Eagles and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young were known for. You know, and yeah, uh, and 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 I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form they're ripping them off. It's more that it's it's within that style. You know, they, they they just have like, and I think you said it best. They have a folk kind of style to them. Yes. And, uh, and so I, I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, so I went, uh, I'll, I'll go a full five on this one. You, you did not disappoint me, sir. And, uh, I, uh, appreciate the recommendation and look forward to journeying through the remaining discography. Well, that's good. Uh, I, for me, I can't quite give it a five. Oh, I can't quite give it a five, mostly because of, Slips of me a 50 to say five. And now he doesn't No, never mind. <laughs> If I had fifty, if I had fifty dollars to give you, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be for this. Okay, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be asking you to send me some Illinois bourbon, which oh, actually, sir, now I that know. I think about it, I'm on the hook. I'm on the hook. I still haven't seen my bottle from the from the real jabronis. You you said Koval Rye, correct? Yes. Right. I'm just I, realizing I will, this now. I will deliver it. I will get it going here. All right. Oh just, my just goodness. Finish your recommendation. So anyway, I will give it four. Uh, out of five, I, I would right. I would highly recommend it. It doesn't get the highest recommendation, mostly because I side B man, it kills me, especially witch hunt. It just kind of gnaws away. Like 
I can go with a camera eye. Like I kind of get the idea of like it's two parts and it's supposed to be this and that and the other. And okay. And, and even vital signs I, at first I was listening to it. I'm like, Meh, but then it starts to kind of, I was like, all right, I kind of get this witch hunt. I'm like, just why, why, mm. you know? And it's not even sort of like if I had to pick my least favorite song on Gordon, it would, you know, if I were to put them all on a scale of like one to 10, my least favorite would be like a seven. Like the flag would be like six and a half, seven. So it's still, you know, it's still up there just, but that's because I like all the other songs so much. If I were to rate these, you know, most of the, you know, side a is all like, you know, eights, nines, you know, and, and then you get to witch hunt and it's like, yeah, that's a two. Like I just, I, it, 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 it like missed me that far. And, and again, I, I, I fully concede the, the fact that I lack the prog rock chromosome in my DNA. Like it's, it is (laughs) the secret decoder ring. It is not my genre of music, man. It's, it's sort of like new country or, or, you know, or like horror movies Mm -hmm. in, in, in terms of movies. It's not like, Hey, I begrudge anybody else listening to it or watching it. It's just not my thing, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And it takes a, you know, it takes kind of a special example from that genre for me to go, okay, well that's cool, but still you're not winning me over for everything. Um, so I give it four out of five for recommendation. I would recommend it because, I mean, if if nothing else, the side A is so worth somebody's time. Just listen to those first four songs beginning to end. And it's like, you give me something else that's that solid and that rocks yeah. like that. And that's really hard to do. And then when you get to side B, you just kind of have to acknowledge, like, you're not going <laughs> to you're not going to match up to that. It's just yeah. you're just not. Nobody can. You know, so that's where I'm at with that, sir. Very good. Well, I think this was a, a pleasant inaugural album one on one. Yes. Well, next time we'll have to maybe we'll do like reggae bands or something. We'll try and keep it within <laughs> the same country. <laughs> who am I kidding? We're, it's who knows what what the next choices will be. It'll be interesting. We'll do album one on one West Coast sessions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we get like an East Coast West Coast rap thing going. It'd oh, be great. there we go. And another thing. So uh, what do you got for and another thing this week, sir? Well, uh, in our pre-pre-production meeting, I, I admittedly was at a loss. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 need to, I need to be better at being cultured. Uh, haven't, haven't, uh, I, I've been reading, been reading more books for work than, than for uh, entertainment. I need to get back into that. And um, so I was going to go back to the well and say Tombstone because you can never have enough <laughs> Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday in your life. Nope. You're daisy if you do. Um, but uh, as I am rolling. <laughs> I've not yet begun to defile myself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, poor Doc. <laughs> How about a spelling contest? <laughs> but as we were talking, I was thinking about the album that followed uh, Moving Pictures, and I had mentioned it you know, kind of at the beginning, uh, called Signals. Mm-hmm. by Rush. And uh, I, I'm i going to recommend that as my end. Another thing, another uh, strong outing by the band, uh, even though they were moving into more of a, a synth place. Uh, there's just some great, great songs. Uh, Subdivisions is the big one off of this with some very, uh, very relatable lyrics to it. Nothing that's Red Barchetta, you know, snappy over there. You know, you, yes. you can relate to this. It's life in the suburbs. Still going to make me feel dumb. I'm oh, telling it's you. it's not. It's not. Uh, mm-hmm. Digital Man is a uh, is a great song. Um, just a, a awesome bass part in it. Uh, Lee just oh my gosh, just again just shows you how the bass can be played and and how it's going to take me years to even try to 
kind of mimic it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, New World Man, great song. Losing It is a is a fantastic song. I, I had posted on Twitter a couple of years ago. I don't know if they took, I think they might have taken the video down, but someone had, had done a great recording uh, from the R40 tour of a live version of Losing It. Uh, it's, it it's, it's a really, really good song. One of my favorites. And, and it just, again, because of the lyrics, because of the style of, of music that they perform and, and setting a tone and emotion. So uh, check it out. Uh, it's it's a it's it's a fun album. Um, it's an album, you know, like I mentioned, they're they're transitioning into more of a synth place, and uh, and and it really is kind of emblematic of the music of that time, that kind of early to mid '80s, you know, really kind of digital. I don't mean to say digitized, but just has that sort of digital flavor to it. Uh, there was mm-hmm. a lot of music at that time that was undergoing that, and so it just kind of reflects uh, a bit of the the times that they uh, recorded in. So uh, signals by Rush. Oh, very you, nice. Well, since you decided to change yours, I decided to change mine too. So we're going to hey. stay right in line with what we've been talking about for a while. And I'm going to recommend uh, Bare Naked Ladies Bathroom Sessions, uh, which is on there, is, is on the YouTubes. And it is essentially uh, Ed and Steve in a bathroom singing together and kind of using the acoustics of the bathroom. And But it's just the two of them like doing their songs like stripped down kind of acoustic versions with like one guitar and two voices and uh just shows you how good a lot of those songs are just without a lot of artifice and a lot of layers and all that just bring Mm -hmm. it down to like here's the chords and the vocals and amazing still and uh you know an example of what the band was that of course uh you know, Stephen Page no longer with the band, which is a bummer. Um, however, but you know, they they had some serious differences. Uh, you know, the rest of the band wanted to be a band, and Stephen Page wanted to do enough cocaine to kill a small horse. <laughs> and <laughs> those two things don't necessarily go together. Wow. <laughs> you you really need to you kind of need to have some I, degree of unity in terms of. I didn't you know, see you going there on that going. one, but holy moly, that was good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, and by by all appearances, it seems like Steven has gotten himself straightened out, but I don't know if it'll ever, oh, they did reunite for a Lifetime Achievement Award, which was really cool. They even had, uh, they had both of the Cregan brothers on stage and everything. It was, it was great, but I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll ever get back together fully, which is kind of a bummer mm. um, because I always felt like they they were just so much stronger with Steve and Ed singing. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was it's good to see them in happier times, in a, in less coked out times for Steven singing together and making music, and and just their interactions are are a lot of fun too because they were just that was always part of the show is the two of them going back and forth. So uh, I highly nice. recommend those, and I'll have some links uh, links either to. Uh, I think there's a playlist of them, and if there isn't, I'll just ha- have a few choice links of, of some of my favorites. Very cool. Very cool. Well, we'd like to thank everyone for, once again, gathering together here for a meeting of the faithful of Congregate. the uh, Free Range. Yes, the Free Range EDC Congregation. We are now uh, we are going to adjourn the meeting here. Uh, we I would pass the collection plate, but we have no idea where it is. We've, we probably actually sold it, to be honest with you, and melted Pat- Patrick's it Patrick's got it. Oh yeah, and you Probably know what? Using he's, it as a seat cushion. I hope so, because I'm hoping he's not using it as a chamber pot. But that's always in the <laughs> realm of possibilities. Uh, I'm nervous that I haven't even gotten any texts or calls. Like this, this is this is bad. It's very bad. I might not have a, a headquarters to go back to. Our offices are just gone. Just a smoking crater 
where they used to be. Oh, well. But anyways, thank you all for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you are not a member of the Free Range Idiocy Congregation, you can join just by subscribing. Where can you subscribe, you ask? Well, I'm glad that you asked because you can find us on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on iHeartRadio. We are on Spotify. We're on Podbean and probably places that we don't even know that we are at-ish something. I don't know. Somewhere Hammer on the is going Coast. out the window. I've had way too much seltzer, so right now my brain is very effervescent, but it's not working properly. Still pondering red barchetta. Oh my god! I, again, like yeah, it's that stuff is stuck in my head. Like I'm trying to think. Oh, he's a, it's a science fiction, some rocks. Uh, no, st- stop. So, anyways, uh, if, if be sure to subscribe, tell all your friends to subscribe, tell all your enemies to subscribe, because you know what, we ain't picky. Uh, if you want to further your standing with the congregation, what you can do is you can follow us on the social medias, because we love us some us. And you go on Facebook, we are on Twitter, we are on Instagram. All of those are at Free Range EDC. If you have any questions, thoughts, comments, outright offers of bribery, we are not above it or below it, really. Uh, you know, we're, we're located somewhere in the vicinity of it. We What we're saying is we will take your money, yes. And uh, you send those requests to Tim at freerangeidc.com and he will be back to you. PDQ, forthwith, uh, something or rather. Yeah, anyways, as you can tell, this is the point in the show when I should probably just stop talking. And I'm going to. But first, let's just all take a deep cleansing breath. Let's just try and forget the fact that our intern has probably burned down half of the city (laughs) along with our office. (laughs) Because now that I'm thinking about it, when I left today, he had like a case of that model glue. And you know that stuff is highly flammable. (sighs) I heard fire trucks a while ago now. It's all coming together. (laughs) We'll be back next week for the Patrick Tribute episode. But I'd, I'd like to just now pause after I've, I I cleanse myself and then I just brought all that in. But I, what I really want to ask is, Tim, how do we learn this evening? Uh, we have learned the following, my friend. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Uncle Todd, he can win him some fantasy football when he does absolutely nothing. <laughs> it's like that song. You know, you say it best when you say nothing at all. I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. Basically just telling you shut up. Oh. Isn't that it's such a romantic sentiment? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, what if? What if? A little strange. But good. <laughs> and is there a miniature strange? Is that what you're saying? A little strange? Like Not quite Doctor like a, Strange, but it's strange. A, a Lilliputian Doctor Strange? Indeed. Yeah. You know, Rush, Bare Naked Ladies, uh, two very, very different bands, but uh, just quality. <laughs> that, that's an understatement. I, I feel like you breezed right over that. <laughs> <laughs> It's like saying, you know what? You know what's really different? <coughs> Mace and underarm de- underarm deodorant. <laughs> they're a little different, right? <laughs> uh. <laughs> they're not, actually. They're very different. <laughs> Wicked different. Like, you you really ought to put some punctuation between those two, and it shouldn't be a comma. It's got to be a period. <laughs> but uh, we, we have revelated. We have adjudicated. Oh, my gosh. Uh, <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> We have satiated Man, and we have placated. Scrabblization of this <laughs> Ladies show. and gentlemen, uh, Gordon, going on right now? We have learned Gordon is a, a an album of uh, various styles, uh, a lot of harmonies, a lot of good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, do check it out as yes. as is Moving Pictures uh, from Rush, uh, which is a classic. Uh, it's decent. With, with se- just stop it. 
it. <laughs> Just stop it. We've also learned Uncle Todd doesn't listen to the lyrics. <laughs> no one that made me feel dumb. No. I've already got enough things in my life that make me feel dumb. Oh. Waking up in the morning makes me feel dumb. I don't need like, I don't need someone writing these lyrics like here is the here is my manifesto of, of sci-fi in the 32nd century. And finally, <laughs> uh, what about boy meets girl? Boy loses girl. Boy goes and drives off a cliff. How about that song? That's pretty straightforward. Leader of the pack, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. And finally, I think we have learned that album one-on-one is, uh, it, it, I don't know if, uh, how Uncle Todd feels, but in my mind, I think it's a, uh, a good gimmick. I think we got to bring it back. we got to find a couple more albums to go toe-to-toe with, listen to, uh, expose ourselves to uh, something new that we may not have listened to before. Yep, you're going to have to listen to Poison. <laughs> Open you up wouldn't. and say, uh... You wouldn't. <laughs> oh, don't don't tempt me, sir. Don't tempt me. You're a daisy if you do. Uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for the downloads this past week. Uh, as Uncle Todd has uh, already kind of touched upon, we do appreciate it. Appreciate seeing those numbers go up and, uh, and appreciate the sport. Mm-hmm. As we like to close things out, be safe. Be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And as always, because he doesn't listen to the lyrics, would you please just hit the lights on the way out? <laughs> Why, just in time. Pull up a chair. Doc, been hitting awful hard, haven't you? Nonsense. I've not yet begun to defile myself. You don't need to make fun of the fact I don't listen. I listen to lyrics all the time. You do I, listen. I, you said you memorized the whole Gordon album for crying out loud. I, 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 I have. And you know what? I love me some lyrics. I love the written language. I love I love the, the words and all that. Go memorize Red Barchetta. Not, no, because it makes me feel stupid. <laughs> I don't need to. I don't, I, it's I, a floating I car. It's the same thing. You just said Star need, Trek. I don't, need, I, I don't need Isaac Asimov in my, in my rock songs. Like, Come just, on now. If you're going to tell me a story, make it kind of concise and straightforward. I don't want to have to sit here and go and like, okay, I need to go and check my references now and I need to read these other short stories and, you know, oh, well, let me go read, you know, Man in the High Castle because there's a reference to that. And it's like, it turns into like this freaking, what was that Tom Hanks movie where he was a, it's like the Da Vinci Code. For like freaking it is not pop music. anything like the Da Vinci Code. It's exactly like the Da Vinci Code. Oh, That's what it is. Good it's Lord, the Rush Code. Code Rush. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Stand there in your wrongness and be wrong and be used to it. Fine. Now get the hell out of here!